Our scripture passage today is found in Psalm 69, verses 30 through 36. And the title of our message today is, Magnify the Lord with Thanksgiving. This is the Lord's word. I will praise the name of God with a song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. This will please the Lord more than an ox or a bull with horns and hoofs. When the humble see it, they will be glad. You who seek God, let your hearts revive. For the Lord hears the needy and does not despise his own people who are prisoners. Let heaven and earth praise him, the seas and everything that moves in them. For God will save Zion and build up the city of Judah, and people shall dwell there and possess it. The offspring of his servants shall inherit it, and those who love his name shall dwell in it. May the Lord bless us in the reading of his word. Good morning, everyone. Wow, what a pleasure to see all these wonderful faces this morning. God has surely been good to all of us here today. God's faithfulness and love never change. It's one of those constants that even the scientists would envy. It's more constant than the speed of light more constant than, well, Avogadro's number, or whatever the universal constants there are in the world, God's love for us is certain and sure. Though troubles may come, testings, trials, some very explainable, others just don't know why. We know that God's constant presence is what gives us hope and joy. There will be forces that try to move you off this rock. There will be voices inside your own head. There will be times when you find yourself in disbelief of God's goodness. And you'll open your eyes and you see that your weight has shifted from God. But praise be to him that he opened your eyes to see. Be quick to repent. Be quick to return. Be quick to allow your hearts to be softened by him. This is Thanksgiving Sunday. And it's one of those great opportunities that we as a church have to sort of follow the rhythms of this country. To be able to reflect on the goodness of God and what he has bestowed upon us today. Our passage today reflects on giving thanksgiving to the Lord. But this passage says it in a way that is quite different 
than the way we're used to thinking about Thanksgiving. For many of us, the word Thanksgiving is simply a byword. In other words, it's just something that we say. It's a way to be polite. It's a way to sort of soften the edges in our social interactions with one another. We tell our children, say, thank you. We even nudge one another and say, can I say thank you? Say thank you. And oftentimes these, these words do not convey what they were meant to convey. Words can lose their meaning very, very quickly. There are many postmodern philosophers that will say to you that, that words are simply symbols, that words actually have no meaning. And perhaps you've experienced this yourself growing up. You've heard the words, I love you, I love you. But those words were never followed by love. Those words were followed by demands. Perhaps you lived in a time where the words of, hey, you're doing well in school. And you look at your grades and you get a B and you go, this isn't an Asian family, is it? <laughs> or perhaps it's something simply as mundane as when you're, when you're in middle school and you're doing tug of war. And when you play tug of war, there's that one word you say all the time, pull, 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 pull. And after the thousandth time you say it, you're like, what word am I saying? It just has lost all meaning to me. The question for us as Christians, as people, is what does the word thanksgiving and thank you really mean. And when we say those words, how can those words truly reflect what God has done for me? In Psalm 69, the writer of the Psalms David is asking for salvation. His enemies are pursuing him. He's asking to be saved. He's asking to be rescued. His life is in dire straits. And he feels it. It's palpable. It's one of those things where you, you can't sleep. You, you lose your appetite. One wrong move and something detrimental could, could happen to you. 
David is not living in a theoretical world. David is not talking about simple social niceties to get by. But he's thinking more globally, more cosmologically about his very existence of who he is and about whether or not the God that he worships will save him. For many of us, the words thanksgiving really comes from very simple transactions. And I'm not saying don't say thank you when someone passes you the, the salt. I'm not saying don't say thank you when, when someone helps you to change the brakes on your tires. You say thank you. But oftentimes we've lost the bigness and the hugeness of what thanksgiving should mean for us as the believer. That we know that in the midst of our enemies surrounding us, in the midst of when our hearts get hardened, in the midst of when we know we're rebelling against the Lord himself and walking away from him. That we can cry out to God like David, help me, save me. Perhaps some of you are in these straits right now yeah, everything else. Life looks like it's going well. You guys all are dressed here. No one smells. You guys all took showers, right? I mean, everything looks good. But inside, the enemy is, is pressing against your heart and your mind. You don't know who you are, where you're going. You're simply going with the currents of life because you don't know where else to go. You're on that boat, and the current takes you. No one's thrown you a, an oar, so you just float. But the psalmist knows that in the midst of this uncertainty, that there is a God who will save you. There is a God who will respond to you. When you go to God, say, save me. And it's in knowing that this God will save you and rescue you and come to you. is when this psalmist, David himself, starts to sing. There's joy in the knowledge of God's salvation for us. There's joy in knowing that God has saved us before. He will save us again. There's knowledge for us as believers in knowing that when God 
has revealed himself to us. And when we go back in our lives and see Jesus working in us, that surely that same Jesus will rescue me again. Return me again to him. And so in verse 30, what happens to his heart? I will praise the name of God with a song. Do you feel the heart of the psalmist? He wants to sing. He wants to express his love for God with a song. He wants to either write a new psalm, perhaps this psalm, it's psalm itself, Psalm 69, or to recite something else about God's goodness and about God's love. There is something about us as human beings that we resonate with music, does it not? There is a field today that wasn't in existence many years ago called music therapy, right? People will go play music to these elderly people, usually music from the 50s and 60s, to do what? Bring back the memories of when they were young, of when they were joyful, when they were vibrant. What is happening here? The psalmist wants to sing a song to God remember his faithfulness, his love, his presence in his life. For us as his people, the first thing that, that God wants us to understand about our heart towards him in the midst of adversity is that he wants not simply words that come out of our mouth, but he wants our hearts to be so in tune with him that a song comes out. A song comes out. That all of a sudden we were singing these, these songs that we sing at church as we're walking down the street or as we're driving in our car. That there's a hymn that we know, perhaps, Great is thy faithfulness, O Lord my God. We sing that over and over again because we're remembering the faithfulness of God to us over and over again. And the song not only gives us hope, but more importantly, the song is a reflection of the hope that's in us already. So the Lord wants to see our heart. And the music that we sing reflects a lot about the condition of our heart. But most importantly, is the way he gives thanksgiving. Look what he says in the second half of verse 30. And, and, and this really struck me. He says, I will magnify him with thanksgiving. It doesn't say I'm just gonna it doesn't say I will give thanks to God, although that appears in scripture as well. 
doesn't say simply, you know, um, give thanks unto the Lord. That's, that's in scripture as well. But he puts it this way. I will magnify him. I will exalt him. I will sing praises to him. How? How will you exalt him? By loving him? That's, that's, good. that's a good answer. That's an answer from the Bible. <laughs> By loving your neighbor? Yes, that's, that's a good answer as well. With song? Yes, we just, we just read that. But what? I will magnify him with thanksgiving. I will magnify him or exalt him with thinking about through my head all the ways that he's been faithful to me, faithful to his people, faithful to his name, and thank him. You know, in, in most worship service and you know, even in our worship service, we don't really have a time during worship that's where we say, okay, let's give thanksgiving to the Lord in our worship time and use that to magnify God. But there's something very special about this in our own individual lives and perhaps as small groups together or just as you get together with a brother or a sister in prayer that you just praise God with thanksgiving. He says in verse 21, 31, this will please the Lord more than an ox or a bull with horns and hooves. What is this reflection of? Once again, it's that we thank God with what he's done for us and our hearts reflect that rather than giving thanks to God with meaningless gestures of offerings to the Lord. That the Lord wants our hearts towards him rather than the things that we can offer him. And that thanksgiving is an overflow once again, just like song is, of acknowledging the goodness of who God is and what he has done. And so I ask you, my brothers and my sisters, shall we not in our own time start giving thanks to God? I have a challenge for all of you as you go home today especially if you came by yourself. Don't turn on the radio. Don't turn on your favorite podcast. Don't do any of that. But as you go home, just start listing. I thank you, God, for, 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 I thank you, God, for. And most likely, this is what will happen to you. You'll first start off with, I thank you, God, for 
giving me life. Thank you, God, for my parents. Thank you, God, for... And the list will go on and on. And in the end, you will start to realize that all the blessings you have come from Him. And I pray at the end of that time that your heart just bursts out into song. Who needs to be praised more than the giver of all good things to you? Who has not loved you more than God himself? See, the heart that has thanksgiving to the Lord is the heart in verse 32 and then verse 33 is the heart that is humble and then the heart that becomes needy to the Lord. When your heart is in the position of thanking God for everything that he's given, praising God for everything that he's given, There's no room for pride. There's no room to say, I did it. Your heart becomes humble. Your heart becomes dependent upon God for all things. And lastly, you become more loving to other people. Without thanksgiving towards the Lord, there is no love towards other people in the Lord. That which you are thankful for, the degree to which you are thankful for anything, is the degree to which you are generous to anyone. The degree that you understand that by God's grace, He has given you all things. is a degree that you will be humble and then to love all people with that same love that the Lord has given you. Show me someone who's angry. Show me someone who's frustrated. Show me someone who is ordinary. And I'll show you someone who has forgotten how much God has given them. Show me someone like David who's going through trials and tribulations. Someone's trying to kill him. And yet he can still praise and thank the Lord. And I'll show you someone who knows the depths of God's love. Was it not Jesus who came to you? He came down from heaven. Suffered all the, 
the indignities of being God himself. And yet he did so that you may receive all the gifts that God has given you. And isn't it Jesus who's thankful mostly for you and the salvation that God has given you? Isn't the song that we hear in the heavens a song of God's power to save his people and the glory that it exudes? Is it not the thankfulness of even God himself in the Godhead to one another that each has done his work to accomplish salvation for you and to bring glory to God himself. Brothers and sisters, practically remember there are two things to be thankful for, two categories. To be thankful for the providential blessings that God has given you. And please, do, do do that. What I mean by providential blessings are blessings that he did not necessarily promise to everyone. Be thankful that you have good health. Be thankful that you have a job. Be thankful that you live in the United States of America, believe me. Be thankful that you have rights to vote and even if things don't go your way, you have the right to complain. <laughs> Be thankful for all the providential things that God has given you. But don't forget to be thankful for the special graces that he gives to his people. Thank you, Lord, for the salvation I have in Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you promised never to leave me. Thank you, Lord, that when I sin against you, that you are there to forgive me. Thank you, Lord, that when I go astray and I can't see it, that you still have mercy upon me, and I know that, that one day you'll call me back. Thank you for my brothers and sisters who call me out. Thank you, Lord, that, that, um, that you've given us your, your, your scriptures so I can read about you. Thank you, Lord, that when I pray to you, I don't have to pray this perfect prayer, but that you know my heart and you know what I need before I even say it. Thank you, Lord, that you are out in this world saving the lost, Thank you, Lord, that the salvation of these people doesn't depend upon me, but, but you hear my prayer in my heart for, the, for the, the people in this world who need you. Those God has given to every single one of you who believe in the name of Christ. And those are the most powerful things that God has given you. And so I ask you once again, as an exercise, please, when you go home, or whenever you have time, just shut off the world for a little bit. 
get a journal, or just walk around and just start saying, God, thank you. Lift off, list off all those providential blessings and say thank you. But then list off all those salvific blessings that God has given you. And may you weep and rejoice what God has given to us. Thanks be to God for his unchanging love. Let us magnify him, exalt him, praise him with our thanksgiving. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your grace and your mercy. There's no one like you, no one. And we thank you. We thank you that when our hearts are hard, that you still hear us. We thank you when you do soften our hearts and we are able to truly reflect our love for you. Thank you that in all things that you will receive glory and we thank you, Lord God, for your son Jesus above all else, that in him and through him, that our lives are made whole again. That we see eternity and we do not fear it. That we see eternity and we do not try to just be brave souls going into the darkness. but we see eternity and we see you, Jesus, and the love, the peace, and the life eternal that we will have in you. So, Lord, humble us through this thanksgiving. Help us to see how dependent we are upon you through our giving thanks to you. And may you receive all honor that is due your name. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.